If you like ducks, dogs, training, deer hunting, anything outdoors, then this is the podcast for you guys. This is the Flying V Podcast. I'm Thaddeus Bash. I'm your host for this beautiful ride, and I'm assisted by my co-host, Mr. Changmore Vang. You can tune in every week and join us as we talk about anything and everything under the moon that you guys want us to talk about. Some facts, some fiction, and a whole lot of opinions. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's hop into it. What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're all having a beautiful day so far. And this one is going to be recorded and put on YouTube as well. We got a good little bit of views on the last one I posted. Um, so I figured I'd try and actually record the live podcast and post it on there. So for those of you guys who don't enjoy listening on Spotify or RSS feed, no big deal. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, I always appreciate the support on the channel, um, regardless if it's a podcast, a new video, a hunt test, whatever it may be. So, like I said, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're new here, welcome aboard to the Flying V podcast. Uh, we're still fairly new. This is only episode four or five, maybe. Um, so, we've been doing it for about a month, a little over. But we are shooting to do one every week. And uh, we're talking about everything and anything, like I said earlier. So, um, if there's ever a topic you guys want us to talk about on the podcast, all you have to do, send me a message on Facebook, on Instagram, um, you could email me, whatever, and let me know what you want us to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about um, our keys to bag more ducks on public land. So our tips and tricks for public land success. We're also going to go um, through a little quick shoot question round. Um, some of the questions are generated by us, and some of the questions are going to be generated by our followers on Instagram. So before we hop into all that, we're getting Changmore in here right now. And uh, if you're new, like I said, or if you're not already, head over to our YouTube channel and uh, hit that subscribe button for me, guys. Watch some of the videos and stick around. Uh, I work really hard to try and put out good content for you guys, and uh, I'm ever-expanding what kind of content I'm putting out. So if there's anything that you don't see on the channel that you'd like to see, um, and I do it, I I'd love to do videos for you guys. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of running it blind for the most part. I get some feedback on what people like. But I usually don't get the feedback on what they don't like or what they want. So uh, I, I'm fine with criticism. So just drop down below on one of the videos. Let me know what you guys want to see. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Flying V Outdoors. Now it looks like we got Mr. Vang in here. How you doing, Vang? What's up, buddy? Hey, it feels like I haven't talked to you in a long time. <laughs> it always feels like that, man. I, I don't know why. We do this every week. And it's like every week I feel like it's been a month. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun, but I guess we're not having fun. <laughs> I guess right. so. So, uh, like always, let's get a little recap. What have you been up to last week, buddy? Oh, man, I I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I can't even tell you what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this week, I'm doing a little bit of summer cleaning in the garage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... so that's, that's what I've been up to. What about you, man? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I haven't really been up to anything. Uh, you know, I got some problems with my back, so I've, it, it flared up a little bit. So I haven't really haven't been able to do a whole lot. Been staying off training and everything, uh, and just kind of resting, hoping it heals back up so we can get back on our grind. So uh, I don't have yeah, any man. cool stories to tell. This week. <laughs> we're just uh, we're just in recovery. Um, real quick for anyone who's watching on the YouTube channel. Head over to Drake Waterfowl and pick up one of these uh, Drake Performance Fishing hoodies. This is the old school camo one. Uh, 
these things are awesome. This is the comfiest freaking shirt I own. Um, I love it. It's worth every penny. So uh, I'll leave a link for it in the description of this video. Uh, but just throwing that out there, you guys should go order yourself one. Um, I don't know if you were here for it. Um, but today we're going to be talking about uh, success on public land. Some tips, some tricks, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I like that. <laughs> for those of you guys who are listening, uh, Vang never knows what we're talking about. I don't tell him. <laughs> I just throw him in blind. Um, yep. So the first time he ever gets any time to think about what we're talking about is when I ask him the questions. So um, it's pretty fun. I get to just kind of put him out there and let him spitball. But uh, I, I would say the key, like <clears throat> tips for public land success, uh, number one, for in my book, the most important thing uh, is scouting, and I don't. I think anyone you talk to uh, is going to tell you the exact same thing. If you're not putting miles on the truck and miles on your boots, miles in the boat, whatever. I mean, you're you're not going to have great success. Um, we spend so much time scouting, not just during the off season, but during the season as well. Um, and it's going to vary for where you hunt and what type of environments you're hunting in if you're a field hunter scouting is a world easier um because you can just drive and drive and drive and drive and bring your glass with you and you can usually locate birds that way now if you're a timber hunter uh you hunt lakes different story um so for us the hardest thing is you know what we'll do usually is um you have two apps out there or the two main apps really, um, Onyx and HuntWise, I think it's called, or HuntStand or something. It's just like Onyx. Um, I think it's free, like a free version of Onyx type deal. Um, I've never used it. I have some buddies who use it, but it doesn't look as appealing to me. I use Onyx Hunt. Um, you'll see it in my videos. I fucking love Onyx. Uh, it makes everything super easy. If you're hunting public land or private land, you can see the boundaries. About 99% of the time, the boundaries are pretty damn accurate um to the point where if you were on someone else's land like you probably knew you weren't supposed to be there anyway that's how close it is so i i use onyx for everything the map tools where you can drop pins you can track you can trace i mean everything you want to do on there you can do uh, so we use that for duck hunting we use that for deer hunting everything um, is done on onyx and if your friends use onyx you can just share pins with them or whatever uh, be cautious with that but <laughs> you can do everything so what we normally do <laughs> as far as scouting is we'll you know go through on onyx i'll pull it up on the computer um, and just start scrolling through looking at maps looking at maps um, and finding spots. So if we're looking for private land, um, I've noticed around here, private lands is like impossible to get permission on. Um, if you go back north to Indiana, it's a whole lot easier. But down here in Louisiana, you're not going to get on private land for free nine times out of ten. Um, I'd say like 9.9 .9 times out of ten, actually. But there's always the chance of it, for duck hunting anyway. Um, so we stay away from private land for the most part, but we'll scroll through all the public land. You can go to your state's uh, DNR or Wildlife and Fisheries website, and they should have like printout versions um, and maps and everything for the public land that you can hunt on uh, with all the rules and regulations. Louisiana is full of WMAs, uh, wildlife management areas, so there's pretty good hunting to be found on there. 
the problem with new hunters, though, is they don't, I don't know if they're too lazy to scout or if they don't know what they're doing when they're scouting. I think it's both. <laughs> you think it's both? Yeah. Because I'll tell uh, you what, my first time, I didn't know what I was looking for. But then uh, one of my old, uh, one of my hunting guys told me, look for like water source, food source, and understanding like all the pa- flight patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think beginners, they definitely don't like scouting because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I think, and and I think half, 50% is just laziness. A lot of people just don't want to do it. That too. Yeah. Um, that, that's definitely a thing. You know, for me, it's, you, you find some jam up spots or at least hopefully you do every year that you can hunt. There's no guarantee it's going to be a good spot next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to have that spot and go there in the morning and someone's not going to beat you out there. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you know, you don't own public land. So that's, that's the problem. I would rather put the work in, find new good spots or potential spots. Um, and have successful hunts as opposed to just being lazy and waiting until opening day and going to that same beat down wood duck hole that we have. And maybe you kill a few, maybe you don't, you know what I mean? Uh, yes, sir. So, so if you're lazy, this, none of this is going to be helpful to you, but tip number one, (laughs) scout. Um, and when you're scouting, you know, pick that area. If you're going to hunt a WMA or like a federal land or whatever, a big chunk of private land, Check the maps, go through the maps, and look at the the, the spots you think would be good. Um, and then, nine times out of ten, those spots that you see on the map, everyone else sees on the map. And people either A, hunt there, or B, they're no good, and that's why no one hunts there. Um, you got to remember that public land has usually been around for years and years. So, there's not really a spot anywhere that no one's ever hunted. So, the the key for us is finding places that are kind of off the grid. Um, like here, we like to hunt backwater little sloughs and um, like backwater rivers and little stuff that people don't normally go to or that don't think hold ducks. And uh, last year, that was kind of the key to our success. Uh, the very little success we had was in that backwater. We didn't have a lot of birds that migrated really. Uh, so we didn't have a big push of birds here and all of our main spots are great when there's a lot of ducks you know if you get a good migration though scouting's not as essential because all your spots are going to produce some but uh years like last year where there's not a big push of ducks you got to really work to find them and uh you know we'd go hunt a new spot and then once we're done hunting we just drive around paddle around take the boat out and just scout, 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 and try and find birds. And those backwater sloughs, you know, no one really went out to them except for us. And that's where, you know, that's where all the puddle ducks were hanging out. The big ducks were tucked way back in the woods. And I'm talking miles from the actual, like, lakes that most people hunt on that public land. So it ended up producing pretty well for us. And it makes for fun, easy shoots. Because, I mean, once they drop down in those sloughs, uh, they have nowhere to go. So, I mean, you just pop them. But uh, easy to hide in. 
you got any tips for uh, scouting for everyone, Vang? Don't know if he's there or not. He might have <laughs> some microphone issues. So we'll press on. Um, tip number two. Wait, can me, you hear me now? We can, <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. I don't know what happened there. But I'd say don't be afraid to, uh, you know, travel a little further out. Like, I live in the cities, right? So mm-hmm. no one really wants to go over, like, an hour or two hours. But we, my hunting guys, we travel at least, like, three hours out on weekends. And, you know, that, that gets us away from all, like, the, they call it the weekend warrior hunters and stuff like that. So yeah. don't be afraid to travel a little further if you're from the cities. Heard that. So we're kind of in a similar situation. Uh, uh-huh. Most are spots are about an hour drive. But yeah. the problem with us is, you know, if you drive two or three hours to another like area or good spots, different spots, they're usually just as pressured, if not more pressured than the ones we hunt that are an hour away. Um, yeah. So it's... It has its pros it's and hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we, I mean, we drive up to southern o- Oklahoma and hunt there two or three times last year, and just drive up and stay the night out there the next day. So it's a commitment, but it's yep. fun. Uh, I would say tip number two for success on public land: once you find your spot, you need to find a way to uh, to stand out from the rest. So anyone who's hunting public land in Louisiana knows there are tons and tons of people out. Um, like I said, no matter where you go on public land, there's going to be people there. Some people might already have scouted and found your spot and want to hunt in your spot. Have a plan A, B, and C. But once you get set up, um, you need to focus on two main things. Your hide, most importantly. The Literally, the most important thing in duck hunting is your hide. I would say, actually, your most important thing is your spot, which we already talked about. On the X? Yeah, literally. (laughs) But once you get there, you need to be hidden well. Um, Whether you're in a boat blind, you're in the timber, you're in a kayak blind like I use. I mean, anything that you're using, you need to be hidden well. So when we get where we're going, whether we're taking the A-frame out or the kayaks or whatever, um, if it's two or three of us, usually I'll say, all right, you guys, you know, set the blind up, start brushing it, or, you know, get set up, get all our kayaks tucked in and set up nice. I'll go throw decoys out. Um, And that brings me number two is your decoy spread. Now, decoys have changed immensely over the years. Um, in in terms of how they look and in terms of price, so <laughs> yeah, I mean I the bastards aren't cheap. They're not cheap whatsoever. But yeah. the nice ones are worth the money. So last year, if you guys followed the channel, I dove into uh, Lifetime Decoys, the Flex Floats, super light, um, and I bought the flocked head ones. So they come in at about a hundred dollars a half dozen. Um, like I said, not cheap, but I bought some of the Mallards. I bought some of the Widgeon. And honest to God, nicest decoys that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I wouldn't lie to you guys on that one for how expensive they are. And they literally weigh nothing. So kayak hunting, 
that is a very important thing for me. It's weight, um, especially now that I got Boone. I got a blind on that. I got me. You know, I got a gun, a blind bag, a dog stand, everything you have. Uh, decoys, if you get those cheap suckers, they fucking weigh a lot. Um, in the past, I've used cheap decoys, um, and I've killed plenty of ducks over them. But I really noticed a difference in the commitment that the birds are willing to have against one of those nice high-end decoys and one of the low-end decoys. So we buy, like, sometimes we'll buy the Cabela's Northern Flight, like, mega pack. That it's like a dozen mallards for 35 bucks. It's a good deal, but they don't hold up great. Um, they're very thin plastic, so if they even barely get shot, they're sinking and there's nothing you're doing about it. And uh, and they're heavy. <laughs> and they don't look near as realistic. If you put it next to the Lifetime decoy, like, it, that thing trips Boone up because he thinks it's a real duck. Like, they are legit. Uh, so, like I said, you want to stand out. And yeah, you need to know your birds. That all comes into scouting. Uh, kind of like you said, flight patterns and stuff. But their behavior, you know, you got to check and see. You got to scout what's in the area. If you got a spread of three dozen mallards out and you haven't even had any mallards migrate yet you look fucking stupid to a duck you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so you know and, and in our spreads <clears throat> we run all kinds of different decoys i mean if you guys have seen the channel we got gadwall decoys mallards widgeon teal i love teal because we almost always have teal here um teal are like the confidence decoy but uh <laughs> We have ringneck decoys. We have canvas backs. We have everything. And when we go, if we go out and hunt and we notice like big groups of widgeon or something, next time we come out, I'm bringing more widgeon and I'm pulling out some mallards or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wood, duck, wood duck decoys are the same thing. So um, for any of the new guys, you know, success is going to come. You want to present what is in the area. You, you don't, you want to blend in. Um, and, Early season, in my opinion, and really all season, less is more, depending on the type of water you're hunting. Big water is the only exception I will give for a shit ton of decoys. But if you're hunting smaller lakes, backwater, timber, anywhere, less is going to be more for you. Um, when we get into the smaller waters, rarely do I go over a dozen and a half decoys. Um, like, it just, there's no need for it. If we're teal hunting, we're going to put out a lot of decoys. If we're hunting over, uh, like, our big blind on the lake, we're going to put out four or five dozen decoys. So, it's situational depending, but I feel like it's easier to finish birds with less decoys. Um, you know, I've never and, even, like, noticed that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of go out there and throw our decoys out there. Um, I but I don't really like keep count of how many we throw out there or not. Just kind of like setting up the spread and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I plan it like the day before or like the mm -hmm. night before where I'm getting my stuff ready. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I want to do tomorrow. I think this will work, and I play around with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, said, I mean, usually most of the time I try and stay eighteen or less. Sometimes we only use half a dozen decoys. Sometimes that's all you need. Um. But it just depends. It also depends on the pressure. Um, yeah. But 
it's kind of a dual-edged sword. Like I said, you got to really just know the birds and watch them and see what they like um, and learn from that. Hunt journals are a great way to do that. I would advise those. Uh, you know, write down what did you do that day? What was the wind like? What was the weather like? What did you bag? How the birds act? And then the next day, change it up. Compare your notes at the end of the season, and, you, and you'll notice trends. The trends I've noticed are the birds like less decoys. Um, and if you're hunting, one of the lakes we hunt on, three or four groups is huntable, like different groups, but it's kind of tight. So that's when you really have to compete. Um, but I've noticed that, you know, they'll throw out big spreads and we'll throw out a dozen, we'll throw out a dozen mallards and a mojo and a jerk string and pull birds in all morning and they're struggling to get even passing shots on birds and they've got out, you know, three, four dozen and four mojos and going crazy with it. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends. Um, and when it comes to decoys, I, in my opinion, motion is the most important thing. I think anyone would probably agree with that, but too many mojos is not a good thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a spinning wing decoys thing? I mean, I've seen them work, but I I didn't really like use them last year, so I can't really tell you like what my thoughts are and everything or how I feel about them. Um, but you know, it does make sense with like you were saying the uh, hunt journal where you can compare and learn from it. Yeah. So the way you were explaining it, I didn't even think about it like that. So maybe this year I'll have something like that. <laughs> oh, you definitely should, without yeah. a doubt. I think uh, I love taking notes and stuff. And, and you can compare it all, like I said. So, you know, if you hunt the first split, and uh, then you can go back and say, okay, well, this is, you know, what I saw. You can look at your different spots. You can see that, like, you can track your weather, and it's a good way to track, like, how the birds are migrating. Because every year right. they're going to migrate different, right? Right. So, so you can look at your weather and then say, well, this day the weather was like this, the wind was like this, and we saw way more ducks than we saw on this day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good way to, you know, that's how we usually pick our spots is based off of the weather. Um, and, you know, weather predictions are usually just a crapshoot. But find an accurate weather prediction, and that's how we pick where we're going to hunt. Um, cause on different days, birds go to different places. That's a, just a fact based on the weather, Yeah, yeah. you know, especially once they get here and they stay in the area, they're going to have three, four five places. I mean, that they like to loaf, that they like to feed. Um, and that's where they're going to go. The weather is going to be a main factor in that. So I, I would say though, back onto the decoys. Um, you know, figure out your decoys and find what works. There's like a million different types of spreads you could do. Um, I, I stay pretty simple based on the wind. We always try to have the wind to our back. It's not always an option, but we try to, if not, it's going to be a crosswind. Um, you never want to have the wind in your face at all. It's not going to work out for you very well. (laughs) 
Actually, I think one of the videos last year, we had no choice but to have the video or the wind in my face. And you can see how that worked out. It did. Um, so we try and have it at our back. And if it's at our back, we'll usually just do kind of like a big like U type deal. Um, where we just kind of make a row like in front of us and then just flank it out on each edge. So it makes like a big U. Um, if the wind's a crosswind, we usually do like a J hook. Um, with a so like a big line in front of us, and then a, just one side has that U, so a J, um, and that's kind of the cup for them to land in into the wind. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and you know, some mornings if we're pressed for time, we just fucking chuck them out there and hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but we always run at least one mojo. I do anyway. I have friends who swear against them. I have friends who swear by them. I'm in the middle. I, I have remotes on them, so I'll throw them out there, and if the birds aren't liking it, you, the first thing I do is I'm going to check our hide. Make sure, like, we're hidden. Nine times out of ten, if you look back at yourself, you're going to find something very obvious. So if your hide is good, assuming it's perfect, like you are completely hidden, then maybe, yeah, turn the mojo off. So I'll turn it off for the next group. If they come in, all right, we'll go out there and pull it. If they still don't come in, look back at your hide again. You're overlooking something. Um, and that, and that's how you finish birds. And then the next thing is just motion, especially on calm days. Like a jerk string is going to be your cheapest and best friend, without a doubt. You can pick up a jerk string at Academy for like 15 bucks. I mean, I have in my truck toolbox, I have at least four of them. And uh, there's always one in my blind bag, always one in my kayak. Just it takes no time to set up and it makes a world of a difference, especially on calm days. Run that jerk rig through like the middle of your spread and you can just set it up. So one or two of those decoys is moving on that jerk rig and it's going to move all your decoys. Hands down. And when birds see that lifelike movement, they're more likely to come in. It's a guarantee. Now, with that being said, um, the Mojo Ripplers, the little butt-up Ripplers, I fucking love those things, too. Um, you know, they sit there, and it's just the butt, like a feeding mallard that just vibrates, and it just ripples the water <laughs> around. And that looks realistic in itself, but it also gets, you know, the other decoys around it kind of moving around a little bit. Um, those lifetime decoys, the way that they're, like, set up, they're like an empty inside they're just like an eva foam so they're bulletproof but they're hollow on the inside so they move so nice in the water just the way the keel and everything is designed it's a pretty badass design um and they help with movement a ton but uh moving on from that we've got scouting your hide and you want your decoy spread to stand out, right? Yep. What's your next tip for bagging more birds on public land? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I think you've hit it all. Uh, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't go on anymore. I think those are the main things that will make it public hunt successful. Now, hopefully people listened because... <laughs> 
I know a lot of people are just going to end up being like, oh, fuck it, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Um, maybe true, maybe not. So uh, from there, you know, hopefully that helped. If we missed anything or you guys have some feedback on the YouTube video, just drop down below. Leave us a comment. Let me know. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify, shoot me an email or something. Um, but I think, I think we hit the, the nail on the head with that one. Those, if you do those things, you're going to find more birds. Then it's up to you. Just shoot the damn thing, um, which, <laughs> yeah. which sometimes is the hardest task of them all. It really is. But uh, without a doubt, you, you want to be hidden and you want to be more attractive to the birds than anyone else. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I guess we skipped calling. Like calling. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, hey, work on your calls. <laughs> yeah. One, learn how to call, and two, learn when to call. Um, and mix it up. I use just a lot of whistles, Drake whistles, uh, and like widgeon whistles. I unless it's like a group of birds that's really wanting to work, I'll rarely ever use my mallard calls. I have a little gadwall call that I love to use, a little burp, 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 and they fucking, <laughs> they love that thing, dude. And it's like 10 bucks. Yeah, but, see, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to call. I'll just let the other guy call for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually had this conversation earlier today with a buddy uh, who does calling contests. He's like, hey, man, you should start doing calling contests with me. I was like, dude, I don't fucking, I'm not a good caller. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm good enough to, like, trick a duck. But I'm not good enough to go on a stage and trick some judges. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that good. So uh, I was like, you know, thanks for the invite, but I just don't think I can do that. Now, he's a great caller. I, I just feel like, you know, really subtle calling finishes most birds way better than, uh, you know, being a loud and obnoxious with a mallard call. Are doing some obnoxious <laughs> yeah. feeding calls. There is one video um, on the channel you guys can watch. I think it was the first hunt video we posted, actually, where we all three were just going crazy in the blind, like hammering the calls. So we had these big groups of gadwall working um, over a little timber hole, and they like they just eat it up. I don't know what it is about gadwall, but they love calling, and uh, we were just feeding away. And uh, half the group came in and sat in the decoys, and then half was still flying, so we were sitting there working them. But it was pretty cool. But uh, what we're going to do now, well, we're going to do a little quick shoot question round. Um, <laughs> All right. So I have some questions here for you, Vang. I'm going to ask you the questions you're going to answer them, because people want to know. <laughs> and then I have some questions that uh, I got on Instagram that people would also like some answers to they're not gonna be quick shoot because they seem a little lengthier but uh <laughs> okay are you ready i think so if i can't answer it, are you gonna answer it no it's for you <laughs> okay all right ready yep shotgun uh like what i use or what i like or what yes vang what's your shotgun oh well i mean i have three <laughs> I, what I, do have you three. Use? I like the i've done well with the maxis browning maxis okay I don't. I think we've talked about this, but yeah. What type of decoys do you use? 
Um, I actually don't own any. I hunt with, since I'm a <laughs> beginner, I would say, or a rookie. Uh, my hunting group they use they like a lot of the avians. Okay. Yep. What's your favorite hunting clothes? Hunting favorite clothes? Brand? Yeah. Hunting brand. I'm all about Walmart, man. It's cheap. But then, like, <laughs> obviously, when you talk about quality stuff, I have a few Sitka gear. So I do like Sitka. <laughs> okay. What kind of waders do you use? Um, right now I'm on some cheap, like Amazon waders just cause it's easy. It was like 60 bucks, but I am looking into like, you know, the Drake and maybe eventually the Sitka. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have a boat? No, no boat. Do you have a dog? Yes. What I have she... a, an American Labrador retriever. Her name is Nita. She's yellow. Sure is. Say what? I said sure is. What uh? <laughs> what kind of shells you shoot? Uh, I usually like. Well, last year um, when you sent me the link, I shot the Federal Black Clouds, three inch, uh, three shots. Um, but depending on the season, so like we'll go from four at the beginning to when it gets, starts getting cold up here, we'll move on to like four, three, two, ones or BBs or triple BBs. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Favorite call? I don't know. I don't call. <laughs> <laughs> favorite sport? Favorite sport? What do you mean? Like anything? Yeah, what's your favorite sport? Uh, I guess you can say football. I enjoy watching football and playing football. College or professional? Professional. Who's your favorite NFL team? <laughs> of course, it's got to be the Minnesota Vikings, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you did good. Okay. I mean, yeah. there's no way, like, there's no bad way to do that. So, <laughs> I guess I'll go through my shotgun. Uh, I've been rocking that ATA, uh, and it's held up. I like it. It's cheap, but it fucking shoots straight, um, and it hasn't had any issues out of it. So, it's taking a beating. Uh, decoy brand. I already touched on that. Um, I love those lifetime decoys. I do have. A good fair, like a fair amount of Avian X um, that I use as well, and then I have some cheaper stuff. But favorite decoy brand, definitely Lifetime. Uh, favorite clothes is hands down Drake. Uh, <laughs> waiters are Drake. Uh, boat, I sold my boat. If no one knew, uh, I sold the Pro Drive. So uh, getting back into the kayak. So I do have an Ascend H12, and then I have another little kayak. Are, are you looking to get a bigger boat or, or another boat? You know, I've been on like I've been looking. Like I would love. Like some days I miss my boat tremendously. <laughs> yeah. Like owning a boat is nice, but I just I don't know. We don't really have the space for a boat right now. Um, and I thought we'd be moving sooner than we are at this rate. So. I was like, you know, I'm going to sell it before I move because it's just one less thing to move. I made a profit off of it, so what I got a hell of a good deal on it in the first place. Um, like 50% regret it, 50% I'm happy with my yeah. decision. But I, I'm, I enjoy hunting kayak, like kayak hunting. I enjoy hunting solo, no offense to my buddies. Uh, and I, I enjoy, I feel like you're just more in tune with the environment when you hunt out of the kayak and it's way easier to fucking hide my kayak. Cause I have a layout line that's brushed in. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. when the boat, like it's hard to hide a boat, even with a boat blind, it, it still sticks out. It's just bigger, bulkier. Yeah. Um, 
And I've noticed with the boat, like people tend to want to go with you more and be lazier <laughs> more. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, hey, let me come in the boat. Yeah, um, that's me. <laughs> but you know, now that I have a jam up dog this year, uh, hopefully people are like, hey, bro, come in the boat, bring boot. But yeah. Uh, Next question. Do I have a dog? Yes, everyone knows I have a dog. Uh, shells? Whatever's cheapest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last year I ordered the Blue Box uh, Speed Shocks, the Federals. Ordered a case of them for less than 100 bucks, and didn't even go through a whole case because our season sucked. But uh, so I got like half a case of those. I got some heavy in there. I have used like heavy hammer, um, which I didn't really find it to be a great shell i have a bunch of like cheap walmart winchester x's that i always buy on clearance and they're not terrible but they're not great but i think this year if i get them uh i'm gonna switch over and try boss this year heard great things about boss it's not cheap but i'm gonna give it a run uh favorite call that's a tough one i have a lot of calls i collect calls uh if anyone didn't know, I collect calls. I don't really blow calls very well, but I have a habit call. Dude's out of Arkansas. Um, I really like it. It's a nice, loud, like, raspy call. Uh, I have an old-school old cut-down, like a rubber keyhole. It's a fun call to blow, but I'm not a huge cut-down fan. Um, I think my newly discovered favorite call is actually going to surprise people. I found it in my closet the other day when I was cleaning shit out. And it's like one of the first calls I bought. It's a Duck Commander Highball is what it's called. It's like 30 bucks. And the thing sounds fucking amazing. Like I picked it up to just blow on it and mess around with. But And, and, it, and it surprised me. I was like, man, why haven't I been using this thing? Like it's, I, I don't know if I just sound good on it or if it just sounds good. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. It's a really nice sounding call. So I think that might actually be my favorite call, believe it or not. Like I have fucking calls... Uh, like 200 250 bucks like custom acrylics um that thing's like 30 bucks and i like it more so (laughs) um favorite sport like you said definitely football and uh my favorite nfl team is 100 percent the colts oh no (laughs) no matter what um got a couple questions from instagram first question is from madison are we going to get another puppy when we move? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, what kind of puppy? That's the question. A, another black lab. Yeah? A small frame of black, yeah. Just like Boone. I want a female Boone. All right. Let me know when the letter comes. And Yeah, like, no offense to anyone. I just... I'm not... Like, I like... I do like yellows. Certain ones. But... Are, I, I don't like chocolate labs. Fox red, I think, is where it's at. I do. I do like foxes. I just hate fucking chocolates. I don't know why. <laughs> like, no offense. I have friends who have chocolates. Like, I like your dogs. I mean, they're well-behaved, but it's just something about them. Boone hates chocolate labs, too. Those are the only dogs he has a problem with. Swear to God. Maybe that's why I hate them. But just <laughs> okay, not a um, next question from Jacob Coleman. What are some good drills to improve marking? Um, good question. 
I'd say my favorite drill is a drill that Freddie King created called the offline Y drill. So if you know what the Y drill is, it's similar to the offline or similar to the Y drill, obviously, but it's different. So it's like multiple locations and you only throw two marks from each location. Um, it's a really good drill to improve spot marking. The regular Y drill is great too. You just have to be careful because um, it can create bad habits of like hunting behind the gunner and stuff. Um, but if you have an advanced dog, then you should be fine. It is the Y drill is great for spot marking. So you can set up if you have a bird boy, and it's the best. If you have wingers or launchers, you can do it too. But if you have a bird boy, they just get in your holding blind, and you start in low cover, pretty close, and just throw a bumper, you know, left angled in. The dog marks it, picks it up, comes back, throw the next one right angled back, and then do like left angled back, right angled in. So it teaches the dog sometimes they have to check down, sometimes they have to drive past. They learn to mark like a blade of grass that the bumper's at. I mean, they learn to mark very fine. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite marking drills. Um, and it definitely improves marking. Like one session and you'll notice a difference. Um, another good drill is like the ABCD drill. Um, I'll go ahead and drop a plug. If you have an iPhone, there's this app called Retrievers. Um, it's by the same people who make map marks. But you can go to it and there's a drill index. And I'm showing you guys, showing everyone who's on the YouTube watching it. But... These are all the drills that you can do. And you just click on one, and it tells you like what it is, gives you diagrams of it. Um, but I would say Y drill. Try the Y drill. Um, or the X drill. Same thing, except for you add in left and right flat throws. So you have three throws on each side. Uh, but good question. Hopefully that helps. I'd definitely get that app if you have an iPhone. I think it's only on iPhone. Um, Hunter LeBlanc. Any plans to have fans on the podcast and any plans to travel during the season? Oh, two questions in one. Hopefully you uh, come up to Minnesota, right? <laughs> word, yeah. First, I would, yeah. I think we definitely have plans to get some guys on the podcast for sure. Um, I have a couple other buddies um, who run different pages and stuff. They don't have podcasts, but uh, I'd like to get them on here. Um, do some guest episodes with them. Um, I'm trying to get an episode with Freddie King to, uh, come on and talk about some dogs, um, and a couple other dog trainers in here. So we do have plans. Maybe we can do like a phone in sometime and have a fan come in here and shoot the <laughs> shit for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be and awesome. The, and plans to travel during the season. <sighs> yes. Not set in stone. Um, it really depends, man. I'm in between moving right now. Um, but I don't know when we're moving. It might be during hunting season. It might be after hunting season. So I, I got to be very conscious with what I plan and <laughs> where we travel. You know, I mean, money's a thing right now. Like we're trying to save up, um, to buy a house when we move. Um, and it's not cheap to move from one state to another. So travel is going to be kind of up in the air. Like you said, though, I'm trying to go to Minnesota. Yes, sir. Like September, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to go to Minnesota for at least 
a long weekend. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely on my list. Um, going to be kind of tough because I think we're going to Indiana in July. But uh, Oh, I thought you guys weren't moving to like late. Oh, year. no, we're just going to visit. Oh, okay. Like leave. Yeah, we're going to my grandpa's birthday party. Uh, but we should be able to do it. Uh, definitely want to go to Minnesota. I've been saying it for two years. Last year, I wasn't able to because mm-hmm. COVID. So this year, you know, we're going to write it down right now. What day is your season open? Uh, dude, I think I think it's let me let me check. Hold on, I'm pulling my calendar up. <sighs> we are gonna make it official. Thank you, Hunter. I I'd have to text you. Let me let me look it up. Pull it out here. Yeah, well, you do that. But uh, I'd love to go to go to Minnesota. That's gonna be a plan. I would if we're still here. I want to go to South Louisiana and I want to hunt. Maybe it's, I was gonna say teal season, but it's gonna be hard to do it during teal season because our teal season is like when Minnesota's season opens up. But I'm gonna go down to South Louisiana where you are, Hunter, and uh, try and hunt there this year for sure. Um, I would also like to go back to Arkansas and hunt, and I'd like to go to Oklahoma and hunt again this year, and I would like to hunt Texas this year. So I want to do like a four states trip where we like go to Arkansas and hunt for a couple of days, then drive to Oklahoma and hunt for a couple of days, Texas for a couple of days, then back to Louisiana. I think that'd be pretty cool. So we might do like a little uh, mini series on that. If it's possible, I just don't see it being possible. But if we can, I would love to go to Kansas and hunt this year as well. Um, Dude, let me know. I'll meet you in Kansas. <laughs> yeah that's that's on my list of want to's but that's going to be hard and then i would also we're going to be going back to indiana to hunt um one of our buddies who runs flights canceled he's in ohio so we might try and link up with them when i go back to indiana and do some goose hunting or something uh in ohio and then yeah that's going to be a busy season right there so <laughs> all those licenses Man, you're telling me that's uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get it in now while I'm still military, so I can, you know, take advantage of it and get good prices on licenses. Yeah, as long as I'm out, it's oh my god, out of state licenses are fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, so our our duck opener is September 26th, which is weird that it opens up on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. What? But that is our first like opener. So. Minnesota duck opener. Yes, sir. So, well, that's cool, though, if it's a Sunday, because then I could don't have to leave until uh, Saturday. Could yeah. leave on Saturday and not be pressed for time. You guys realize from where do you, what, what city do you live in? I live in St. Paul. St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. While I'm up there, man, I got a buddy up there. Uh, he runs Banded Bill Outdoors. They got a YouTube channel, Banded Bill Outdoors. Go check him out. Just drop the plug. But uh, he lives up in Minnesota, so I'm going to try and link up with him, too. They do a lot of hunting in Wisconsin as well. Okay, yeah, that's like 15 minutes down the road for me. Yeah, I see <laughs> that. So I have a strong feeling he probably lives around you. Yeah. Um, it's a 15 and a half hour drive. <laughs> yep. It's 991 miles. <laughs> uh, 
so I'm going to have to rent a car. <laughs> yeah. Like a little Prius or something and just shove as much shit as I can in there. <laughs> but yes. dude, I, I mean, I have like almost two months of vacation time, so I'm sure I could find a seven day period to come up there. But I can't wait, man. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, I'll figure that out. We'll figure that out here in the next month or so. But uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast, guys. Um, I think it was a good one. Hopefully it was helpful to you guys. I feel like it was. Um, yeah, I thought like it always. was. <laughs> yeah, like always, you just get to listen to this bullshit for an hour, really, and catch up. But thanks for listening, everyone. Um, like I said at the start of the video, if there's anything you guys want to talk about uh, next week, head over. Send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, drop a comment on the YouTube video, and let me know. Um, Hunter, like you said, fans on the podcast, we'll try and plan that out. Uh, we've been trying to kind of, or I've been trying to kind of plan out the podcast uh, in advance. Um, so as soon as we get some time to do that, um, you'll be the first one, man. Since you asked first, I'll shoot you a message um, here in the next couple days, and we'll get it planned out um, and pick a date that works for all of us. And, uh, I'll let you know what you need to hop on, but it shouldn't be too hard. And one last plug, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, guys, once you're done watching this, hit the subscribe button and support us. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. I made a promise with someone when I was at like 150 subscribers that when we got to 1,000 subscribers, I'd give away an A-frame. Because uh, I was like, oh, nice. we're going to get, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm never going to fucking get 1,000 subscribers. But now we're at like six-something. Um, so we're getting pretty close. We're closer than we were. So hit the subscribe button and maybe you'll win an A-frame in a couple months. Appreciate y'all for listening. Vang, it was a pleasure. Yes, and sir. we'll see y'all next week.